always feel like if I lose 10 pounds, things will be better. Mm-hmm. Like, I always have this, like, weird thing. Like, I, no matter what weight I'm at, there's always this, like, mystical 10 pounds <laughs> that I feel like <laughs> will, yeah. will make everything better. The mystical 10 pounds, I like it. <laughs> but, it, like, it, it doesn't. Like, it has nothing to do with that. And, Yeah. Yeah. When I was a teenager, I was in the mystical 10 pounds, too. And at one point, it became, like, the mystical 40 pounds. And now I'm like, is it the mystical 100 pounds? I don't know. (laughs) I'm ambivalently yours, and this is Rebelliously Tiny a podcast where each week a special guest helps me respond to one of the thousands of personal questions I've received on social media. In a world that teaches us that strength is loud, harsh, and masculine, this is a place for those of us whose struggle is both impossibly large and rebelliously tiny. Here's this week's question. I'm a bigger girl, and I feel like shit about it, and people always make comments on my weight, but it's like not their business, you know? They say they're worried for my health, but really they don't care at all. They just want me to stick to their standards of what's beautiful. Before we start, um, could you just introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, um, my name is Noe. Um, I am a non-binary, fat and disabled person. I have chronic pain and I use a cane to walk and... I write some zines sometimes. <laughs> I don't know what to say more. <laughs> I met Noé last summer when they hosted a non-binary brunch in Montreal. We then became Facebook friends, where I quickly became quite interested in the honest and eloquent way they would express themselves online about social justice issues. There were several questions I could have asked Noé to help me respond to, but in the end we settled on this one. Yet, as you will see, a lot came out of what started off as a seemingly simple question. Because, like, you cannot really know a person's health just by looking at them. And I think that's a really important thing that we really forget. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's this, like, it's true that there's this misconception that... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can tell someone's health by looking at them, but some people look really healthy but are actually not yeah. healthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people... It's not because a person is thin that they're healthy. They can eat like shit and they just don't gain weight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I've been struggling a lot about that because I was so afraid to go to the doctor and that he would just tell me that all my problems are because I'm overweight. And so I waited so many years, yeah, years, um, like suffering with my chronic pain because I was just afraid he would tell me that it's just because I'm fat and that I, if I just lose weight, everything's going to be better. But he, he ran a, like, he ran a lot of tests and like everything is fine. I'm super healthy. And when I found out about it, I was so uh, frustrated that I waited so long because I was afraid he would tell me that everything is that everything that is wrong with me is because I'm fat. 
and like my blood tests are all fine and uh, my pain is real and it's not because I'm fat and yeah so I think it's really scary actually that we think that fat is unhealthy yeah because for you it like it made you like embarrassed about a pain that wasn't mm -hmm. your fault in any way exactly and it like yeah it made you sort of like suffer in silence yeah and in shame which is yeah I mean so much of our society is built on especially women feeling shame for their bodies mm -hmm. because that's how companies like sell us things that are supposed to somehow like appease our shame yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, I've tried for so long to just tell me that um, the day I would lose weight, everything is going to be fine in my life and that it's going to magically resolve all my problems, but no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it's funny that you say that because I feel that too sometimes, like, like I always... I always feel like if I lose 10 pounds, things will be better. Mm -hmm. Like, I always have this, like, weird thing. Like, I, no matter what weight I'm at, there's always this, like, mystical 10 pounds <laughs> that I feel like <laughs> will, yeah. will make everything better. The mystical 10 pounds, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, like, it, it doesn't. Like, it has nothing to do with that. And, yeah. Yeah, when I was a teenager, I was in the mystical 10 pounds, too. And at one point, it became, like, the mystical 40 pounds. And now I'm like, is it the mystical 100 pounds? I don't know. <laughs> but I feel better about my body now. And I've never been that big, I guess. Yeah. and I, But I've never felt so comfortable in my body because I've learned to say fuck you to the standards <laughs> yeah yeah I think that because I see like a lot of like my friends who are adults like men and women who are really struggling to like fit into this like ideal and I feel like we have this sense that it stops after teenagehood but I think it keeps going for a lot of people I feel like it's more linked to um, your introspection and how you deal with your own, your self-perception like how you can distance yourself from what society expects from you and then you can change your own expectations about yourself but yeah it's it's hard to do it's really hard to distance yourself are there specific things that made it easier for you to find that yes. distance? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a big community of fat people on Tumblr, and it helped me so much. And just representation is so important because I started to see pictures of fat women in beautiful dresses. And I was just like, oh, oh, wow, that's beautiful. 
So I could I could wear that kind of clothes. I could allow myself to feel beautiful too. And it's not because I'm fat that I'm never going to be beautiful. And it's not because I put a lot of importance on being beautiful in general. It's just that I've never felt beautiful. And I I really wanted to feel it at one point in my life. Because it's such, something that is so... Um, uh, valued is it a word yeah okay <laughs> it's so valued in society to be beautiful it's like the only way you can be part of a society is if you're beautiful and I felt so far from this society and I really wanted to be part of it and feel like I could be myself by being beautiful <laughs> it's weird to say that but that's that was the first step Yes, so seeing all these people em empowering themselves by wearing whatever they wanted to wear, by having this beautiful makeup and just writing stuff that was so um, true and so emotional and vulnerable helped me um, look at myself in a more uh, vulnerable way also, I guess. Yeah, you don't have to be femme to be um because all these people are very feminine mm -hmm. and that, that I realized at one point that this is what is valued now if you're fat and you're femme then it's more acceptable and you're you will be considered as part of a, the society <laughs> but like I feel like now that there's more work to do towards expressing yourself while being fat um, in any way, femme or mask or whatever in between, and that it's going to be amazing, whatever you choose. There's, like, these different levels of, like, fat acceptance. Like, mm -hmm. if you're feminine, at least, you're still exactly close enough to the ideal. You're almost there, so... Yeah. And if you can find dresses that make you look a certain way, yeah, yeah it's... Like, I identify as femme, but also I identify as agender. So there are some days that I feel like I don't want to be femme. And I struggle because I'm like, well, am I going to feel comfortable with my fatness then if I'm not femme that day? Like, am I going to be accepted or valued? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's some struggle that I have and like if I go in a party and I have um, fat friends with me and they're all so femme and like so beautiful with their perfect makeup and clothes and everything and I'm not as perfect as I, I see that they are like my, it's my perception but I, I'm gonna feel like shit and I'm gonna feel invisible and I'm gonna feel like I don't belong there Yeah, it's 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 so complicated this relationship that we have to like feeling beautiful and like so much of it is just like the, our internalized perceptions, but it's all influenced by what we were taught since we mm -hmm. were kids, and it's always this like push and pull, mm -hmm. and like 
Like before I started doing work as ambivalently yours, I worked in fashion for a long time. Okay. And that's where I really understood the power of images and how when you're working in an environment that promotes this one specific image to you all the time, like Mm -hmm. I've never in my life felt so insecure about my body than when I worked in fashion. Wow. I totally understand that. (laughs) And being like a stress eater, like the more vulnerable I felt, the more I gained weight. Mm. And I remember having to like stand on a chair with two technicians measuring me. Oh my God. (laughs) And being like, are your thighs bigger than normal? Or are your arms bigger than normal? And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I've never been more insecure about my weight than when I was working in the fashion industry where my body was suddenly under so much more scrutiny. I vividly remember the day when I was eating and enjoying the most amazing Italian pastry, when my boss at the time looked at me in anger and said, yeah, keep eating, that's why you don't fit into the samples anymore. We worked in an open office, so all of the 20 employees heard him clearly. I later wrote to him a very professionally worded email, asking him not to make comments about my weight. To this he replied, You know you're beautiful. I was just joking. I didn't write back. It wasn't worth it. He thought that telling me I'm beautiful would appease me, but it just made me angrier. The promise of beauty is always being dangled over us like a carrot. Buy this cream, lose those pounds, wear this outfit, and they will find you beautiful, and everything will be better. The mystical 10 pounds. But it's all about shame. Shaming us into buying things, shaming us into submission. All that to say, I just realized that like fashion can be, it can be really empowering when you use it in your own way, but it can be really scary. And, and like you, it's like, it's when I found Tumblr and I started writing and posting drawings on Tumblr and sharing my experience and then seeing, seeing different bodies and different like different interpretations of beautiful but that I still found it beautiful mm-hmm. that's how I tr- I kind of learned to like you to feel like more comfortable and to be like oh wait like I don't have to worry about that mystical 10 pounds yeah. so much but yeah it's because images are really important and to s- and like media and before social media that we just saw such like limited mm-hmm. images yeah and like everything like all you see is always the same type of body so it's only what you can see there's only that everywhere so it's easy to make you feel like shit all the time mm-hmm. yeah so yeah one of the things that helped me is that as soon as I felt like shit with all these images of thin tall white cis girls bodies everywhere I just went on tumblr and like went to like on the the um, pages of the people I I like and just watched their pictures and (laughs) felt better about myself because everybody's so beautiful and yeah and Mm. like like there's definitely like a like a like a body empowerment movement happening like with mm-hmm. selfies and on social media mm-hmm. but I don't know if you want to address maybe sort of the double standard there is for like different yeah. bodies take being empowered in <laughs> yeah <way. laughs> um yeah I've been thinking a lot about it 
um, because I like taking selfies, but I'm so shy about it. And um, I feel like the double standards is um, is that a thin person can wear whatever they want, eat whatever they want, and they're gonna be seen as cool and like they can wear sweatpants and it's gonna be a look. Like they're gonna be edgy and like um thin girl eating pizza in her selfie. She's gonna be edgy and like quirky and so cool. But if I do the same thing, I'm gonna have the people worried about my health comment <laughs> and I'm gonna have um people saying that I should die and people saying that I do not deserve to be love or some really violent stuff like that and I think that's a really intense double standard and I'm really angry about it <laughs> because yeah it's it's hard to see something that you want to do but you can't do it because you don't want to be threatened <laughs> yeah I mean Yeah, the internet can be really volatile and people have, like, really, um, yeah, violent reactions to, mm -hmm. to people who don't fit into, like, the, nat like the, the norms of beauty feeling, like, okay with themselves, like, actually, or, like, loving themselves. Mm -hmm. They just, like, it, it blows their mind. Yep. They can't handle it and they get really angry. And it's just, like, mm -hmm. who is it hurting? Nobody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and people saying these violent comments it's just that they learned to hate fat so this is pure fat phobia it's it's just that they cannot deal with it because they don't know how to see fat people as human beings it's just that Like, why would a stranger tell another stranger that they're worried about their health? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot figure why. Um, yeah, and my answer usually with that is that, are you my doctor? Are you a doctor? Like, can you, like, do you know my, did, did you look at my file? Do you know anything about me? <laughs> yeah, do you have x-ray vision that you yeah. can see, like, through my selfie that... <laughs> exactly, x-ray vision. That's good. <laughs> so that is why images matter. Seeing other images, other bodies. Seeing beauty interpreted differently. Feeling beautiful for ourselves instead of for them. So much about self-love is linked to how far we can distance ourselves from society's expectations. Yeah, and it's hard with my family, too. And I guess it's hard for every bigger person with their family. Um, because I've I've been uh, in an environment with dieting really intensely, with books about dieting everywhere in the house. And, like, I remember I was seven years old and I was on a diet, which is so weird. <laughs> and, like, I love my mom and... I'm not angry at her for doing that, but because I know she struggles too. But um, I just wonder what my life would be if I didn't grow up in an environment with dieting.
And right now, when I go to my family dinner and family parties, I'm the only fat person because everybody ended up losing weight and everybody's so thin and beautiful now and everybody's commenting all the time about like appearance and how good they eat and how many times they go to the gym and they always skip me and I'm so glad for that <laughs> because I don't want to deal with it like I know they love me and they don't want to make me feel bad but I know that they think that it's not good that I'm so fat that I would be so pretty if I lost <laughs> a few pounds you're already pretty oh uh, thank you <laughs> And it's just, I feel like families are the worst for this, where they, like, they do things often out of, like, genuine concerns, especially mm -hmm. parents. You know, they have this sense of, like, wanting to protect their child from anything. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times while they're doing this, they're, like, while trying to shield their child from, like, everything that society is going to throw at them, they're kind of, like, trying to assimilate them to it. I don't know. Yeah. They're almost making it worse. Um, and yeah, I'm sure it comes often, most of the time, it must come from, like, a place of, of intense love mm -hmm. and anxiety that you don't want your child to go through something hard. But Exactly. Like you said, like, how different would it have been for you? Yeah, and I remember I was maybe... 12 or 13 or maybe younger than that I told my mom that I was done dieting like I told her that I loved myself as I was and that I wanted to stop dieting and I'm so proud of my myself for doing that but like it didn't last longer than a few weeks because of all the pressure in my family but yeah, I'm really happy that at one point in my my um, childhood, I I said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted maybe if you wanted to go into a bit more about how like like it like it intersects with um, disability mm -hmm. or how that all kind of comes together for you. Yeah. Um, well, I want to say also that I am white and I am cis-passing. Like, people see me as a cis girl. And I have privileges with that in the world that makes it less... Um, well, that makes it different. So when I'm talking about stuff, it's really about my own experience. So, um, because I think it's different and more violent and difficult for um, women of color and trans women of color that are fat. It's different than what I experienced. So yeah, I use a cane to walk and it's been a year, like about a year, a little bit more. And at first I was so happy about it because it was helping me like with pain. It was amazing. But at one point, I started worrying about it because I was worried that people would think that I use a cane because I'm fat. <laughs> so absurd. Um, 
and I started to stop going out I just yeah I was just really anxious about people's thought about me using a cane but I really try hard to not worry about that anymore but yeah and also like I'm in my 20s so people are just like not believing me when I use a cane I really have to ask a lot for like a, a sitting place in the bus or metro and I'm always worried that they think that I'm just lazy because that's what fat people are lazy <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it makes it hard to uh care of myself also like in a way that I shamelessly take care of myself and I feel like sometimes maybe I don't deserve it because I'm just like yeah my pain would be less intense if I lost weight if I lose weight it's just yeah and with all the doctor stuff it's really intense I'm going to see a new doctor soon and it's the same routine (laughs) it's the same fear of the doctor judging me and even if it's in my file that I have chronic pain and that I need um, meds for my pain and yeah I'm just afraid that I'm not gonna get the help I need Yeah, it's it's interesting how maybe interesting is the wrong word, but mm. <laughs> yeah, how all these things are all like related to shame. And I think a lot of people with disability too are that have written to me anyway on Tumblr, they have this sense too that like they're not trying hard enough or that they're lazy or that you know, there's I think for everyone there's always a struggle mm-hmm. to just like be okay and be like everyone else. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like my friends don't understand how um, I cannot do everything they do. Just walking on the street, like, I often find myself to be the last one in the back because I cannot walk as fast as all my friends. And they end up just realizing that I'm all alone by myself on the back and they would wait for me and... It just makes me feel um, uh, like they forget me, yeah, and sad. But at the same time, I know they don't mean to do it. Yeah, I have some friends that are really amazing, and they always look for a chair for me or ask me about my pain, how I feel. But yeah. Like, so how can people, like, be better allies to you? And, like, is that, like, just to, like, to be aware and to, like, other other specific things that, like, people can do to sort of support you? Um, well, it's hard for me to reach out first, so I guess if people can reach out to their friend, 
who have have disabilities um it's a big first step to be allies is to keep reaching out and not stopping because i canceled a lot of times or like i say no a lot but it's because i can't go out of my house because i'm i'm in too much pain but it's not because i don't want to go out so if people keep inviting me to stuff i'm gonna feel better about it um also like last week i had a really bad um a really bad day a few days that i was just having panic attacks about my pain because it was too intense and um yeah i had friends coming over uh, someone bought me groceries it was really nice and I another friend gave me a massage and came give me cake and <laughs> yeah it was really nice um, my roommate is also really amazing um yeah they cook for me and like everyday stuff is hard for me so that's a good way to help physically um And also, I suffered from depression, so when it's about disabilities that are not physical, it's I feel like it's the same way. People need their friend to be there, even if they they can't express it. Yeah, just be there for your friends. <laughs> That's, that's good advice. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say or add? Or? Mm. Well, I guess about fatness. Um, also, like, the we were talking earlier about the words we use to talk about ourselves. Um, and you were talking about the word plus size. Um, I feel like There's some people out there who doesn't like it. There's other people who likes it. Um, plus size, I, I feel like it's really linked to the clothes size. And there's also like curvy women or like curvy, chubby, all these words that are like just to not say fat. And... I really like to say that I'm fat because I feel empowered in that and I like to um, make sure that people understand that it's just a word and you can use any words you want like people can use plus size or chubby or whatever because they know what is best for them and what they feel empowered with um, but still I feel like fat is a really good word. <laughs> But at the same time, it's hard for me to talk about it in French because the word grosse is so hard for me to say because I've been bullied with it. Mm. So it's linked to strong emotions. So I understand why it's easier for me to say fat because I was never bullied in English. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So whatever words you want to use is good. Yeah, this emotional connection we ha we have to words. Yeah. I do that too with words like 
We could have like the, my T-shirt that just says "feminist bitch" because mm-hmm. like I'm like, well, yeah, I'm a bitch, whatever. Like I like to reclaim words that are used to sort of belittle people and take control of them, but not everyone feels that way, and and like mm-hmm. I think that's it's okay because, like you said, people have like different mm-hmm. um, relationships to different words. Yeah, and it's important to feel empowered in the words that we use. So, yeah, I'm never going to be angry at someone because they don't use the word fat. (laughs) (laughs) The words we use to describe our bodies differ. Language is important, but also very personal. Sometimes offensive language can be reclaimed and transformed into something empowering. But certain words that are positive for some can be triggering for others. It's important to give ourselves room to use our own words and to listen to one another. To learn more about Noe, you can follow them at Fat Kitty Rising on Facebook and Tumblr. Rebelliously Tiny was written, produced, and edited by me, Ambivalently Yours, and co-produced by Hannah McCasland. The music is by Greg Barkley. This episode was recorded at Obero Artist Run Center in Montreal, with technical support from Stéphane Claude. Special thanks to the entire team at Obero for their technical, financial, and emotional support. Additional thanks to our special guests for taking the time to talk with us. To learn more about my work and this podcast, please visit my website, ambivalentlyyours.com, or follow me on social media, at ambivalentlyyours on Instagram and Facebook, at ambivalentlyyou on Twitter. To see the drawing inspired by this episode, or to submit a question of your own, please check out the Tumblr where this all began, ambivalentlyyours.tumblr.com. If you like our podcast, please share it with your friends and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your help, hopefully we can build up enough momentum so that website development and shippable mattress companies want to fund our second season. Thank you.